Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs, and you have made it to episode 45. What's up, man? Not much. Happy Saturday morning. Happy, we are recording on a Saturday morning. Happy Seiko Catterday for everyone out there. Oh, yeah. Seiko which, Catterday. Which cat, which cat got the Seiko today? It is most likely going to be Ying, and it's going to be um, my Seiko Sumo on the Seiko rubber strap, which is an incredible fucking combination. I put up a story segment of it um, on Friday, and uh, great reception. It's just, it's super comfortable. It's super beautiful. The strap... Uh, there is a lot of like extra dongage at the end of the strap when I like have it on. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. The 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 rubber strap hangs massive dong, which is fine. You know what I mean. Um. <laughs> it does make me feel like I should be wearing a wetsuit, or I should like become more muscular, or just wear it in my bicep, like it's like a, like a like a like a heart monitor. I don't know, but but it's um it's a great combination. I'm surprised I haven't tried it. Uh, before and the thing is, I'm gonna try that also that Seiko rubber strap on the Seiko Seven Zero Zero Two your old one as well. I imagine that would be pretty cool as well. Because it's the, because the thing is the strap is 22 millimeters and the Sumo is 20, but I just jammed on the Sumo, uh, you know, anyway. But the 7002 is 22 millimeter uh, lug width, so. So most likely Hmm. it's going to be Ying with the Blue Mullen rubber. Very cool. Yeah, Seiko did a great job on that uh, strap. I I think they, I think they came out with it maybe a year before the new, the new Turtles came out. Mm -hmm. I, I started seeing them on like the, um, kinetic gmt divers nice um sometimes but it is it is a pretty long strap it's a long um, strap but i love the buckle buckle is like super like not like 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 beefy beefy but quite substantial like to the point where if i actually had to wear this thing like in like usage in the water like it would be i wouldn't be any like i wouldn't have any qualms about it sliding around or falling off or breaking up i hit it against something like while i was trying to swim from a shark or whatever you know what i mean so i think it's pretty cool it's pretty legit <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a nice combination. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have a this this is a big show. We have a lot to talk about. Episode forty five. Uh, uh, first of all, this will be another edition, another edition of the well well received brands we know nothing about. <laughs> and we and we really know nothing we about this brand. Don't know shit about this brand, which made it an excellent candidate. So today's uh, 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 you know just you know, before we get into everything else and kind of just preempting the the main topic. Today's brand we know nothing about is. Uh, I don't even know how to say the name of the brand. Universal Geneve, Geneve, <laughs> Universal Universal Ganache, Ganachery. Universal Ganachery I, makes chocolate Lambus bread watches. They are partnering with Ublo. Is that that sounds like a really good tongue twister? <laughs> I'm not um, saying it I've again. I've heard, I've heard, Universal Geneve kind of widely accepted okay we should probably get michael happy back on the show because i feel like he'll be able to give us a better indication of how to say <laughs> definitely yes. the name because i think of of most people we've actually had conversations with he might be the most qualified so definitely yeah <laughs> we gotta we gotta get him back on the show for the sole purpose not talking about galox but just asking him how to say the name of this other brand he has nothing to do with i think that's the best course of action we can take people people really enjoy like youtube videos and stuff um talk kind of talking about and guiding 
people through the correct pronunciation of different watch brands because it's such a really? such a widely such a widely debated area of of watch nerdery and and people get really sensitive and they start internet fights you know <laughs> is it jeje le cult is it jaeger le cultra you know it's, i don't care i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna say it now jlc it's pronounced jaegermeister couture i don't give a shit what anyone says <laughs> that's how you say the name of the brand jaegermeister couture okay <laughs> Yeah, but maybe we can get him on the on the show eventually for a guide to watch brand pronunciation. I think my favorite <laughs> experience pronouncing a watch brand is for the longest time I called it Squall, the brand. I called it <laughs> like a like a dick, like 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 an uninformed uh, extra chromosome to Neanderthal. I just called it Squall, and like I thought that was super right. And then I heard <laughs> someone say Squalla, and I'm like, oh, I'm just a Asked why, dude. I thank, thank God, no one that knew better heard me say that shit. You know. Well, I, I, I think I, I think I beat you. I think when I was starting out, like reading about watches and stuff, I think I called it squail. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's only a couple. It's a couple letters away from whale. Of course, squail is in the similar family as the pheasants. Uh, they end up, uh, you know, housing in the same areas and, and small uh, forests and fields of Hertfordshire. I have no idea if any of that's real. It definitely doesn't sound real. But um no. but yeah, so so Bram, you know nothing about last time we did Rado, this time it's Universal Geneve, Geneve, Ganachery. I'm gonna stick with Ganachery because it's fun to say. Um okay. I've been watching Oh my god, god damn it. So 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 before we get into everything else, Michael, do you ever okay, so you you watch Netflix, like you know, I, I sometimes watch Netflix. Do you ever um I know this might be weird as a vegan, but do you ever watch the Great British Baking Show or like the the, the British Big Baking Show or whatever the fuck it's called? No. Okay, so so it's a it's a, first of all it's a competition based uh, show, um, and it's 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 uh, obviously as the name would kind of connote it's 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 a, it's a British show. Um, so immediately what you'll notice is the different differences between um, like a British I guess competition show and this competition show. And I might just be generalizing because I haven't watched too many British competition shows, but this baking one, it is so it is such a much more calming experience than competition shows here. Competition shows here, the guy that has the camera, um, he's got like five five hour energy shots and then he's got parkinson's so that camera's just shaking like no one's business and everyone's <laughs> yelling and everything is the worst thing ever and the music is loud and the countdown clock is like burr, burr. that is not what the great british breaking show is like at all it's very calm everybody is super nice there's a wonderful uh uh, uh amicable sense of com com competition but also camaraderie it is a very nice show to watch and they just go through these different um you know, baking challenges. And so cool. I was watching it recently. I was just, I had like the weirdest moment. I was watching recently and there was this guy who was just like, yeah, uh, I decided to make a, a bicycle out of uh, an alloy of a uh, spelt flour, yeah, and, uh, 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 you know, uh, Chelsea buns. <laughs> and so the bicycle I have found is operational, carrying a capacity weight of under 200 pounds. The wheels are filled with uh, bavois. And I'm just like, God, this is like a fucking like, intense bicycle this motherfucker is making out of like baked goods and like it's this whole thing and the judge comes and just goes meh bread's underdone it's like dude you made a fucking bicycle <laughs> fuck you it's like an edible pastry bicycle yeah you made a bicycle out of, out of bread and like shit and i'm like dude what the fuck have you done today saying this guy's bicycle <laughs> is meh you know, oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 you know, your, your Chelsea buns are good, but uh, I find it's good, you know, a little bit bland. It's like, well, haircut, I don't know what you fucking done this morning, but this motherfucker made a bicycle out of bread. All right? <laughs> Shame on you, man. 
It's a great show. I really, like like my fiance and I are just binging it. It's a it's it's a super fun show. It's a super fun show. Cool. But uh, cool. but uh, so so okay. We we should honor tradition. We should talk about the risk check. Do you want to? You went on a mini watch adventure with the listener. Do you want to talk about your your mm-hmm. watch adventure first and then risk check or risk check and then watch adventure? Um, let's start with the wrist check. Okay. What are you wearing? I'm wearing something very, very special. Um, uh, but, but, but I've been talking a lot, so you should probably go first. All good. I'm, I'm wearing the, uh, I'm wearing the Marathon Pilot Navigator. Uh, Sweet. Still have it. With the, yeah, yeah. With the sterile dial, uh, plastic case. It's got a nice, uh, kind of seventies military vibe to it. And, um, yeah, I've. I think I texted you the other day uh, because I I talk about GMT watches and, and dual time watches a lot. Um, kind of, this is this is the first watch I have with a twelve hour bezel, um, and just in day to day use, I I almost feel <clears> like <throat> it's more practical to have a twelve hour bezel to track a second time zone than like a dedicated GMT hand. Yeah, it's and it's it, it sounds weird sense. for me for me to say that, but if you're if you're a pilot and you're you know you land, you land at your destination. It's easier to manipulate a bezel quickly than to like take your watch off, screw the crown out, and like mess with the the GMT hand. Yeah. Um, Especially so if you're I, in like a tense situation, like 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 if the Gestapo is like chasing you down the streets, and you have to for some reason <laughs> make sure you have the time right in the other time yes. zone where you're hiding your family. You just turn that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> While you can keep running for your life and everything, you can still you can still set the time. Yeah, and it's I have to keep so I keep track of obviously like my time here i keep track i i have it set to your time um your time zone with the bezel but then you know if i'm working with somebody else like uh like in a different country like i know which hour differences i have to put at 12 o'clock to correspond with those people (laughs) so that's so cool it's pretty cool and you can just do it quickly and um yeah that's kind of that's kind of why i really like i mentioned that uh during the last show I do like the Glycine Airman a lot, but I really like the purest version. That's just basically a three-hander with uh with a rotating twenty-four hour bezel. Hmm. Um, it just seems very very practical to me, and and it's it's so it's so funny that uh like a hundred and eighty dollar watch with a quartz movement has made me kind of rethink this entire genre of watches that I'm obsessed with. Um, so Dude, that's just um, that's 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 what it is. That at, at the heart of it, that's just it's not not what you pay for the watch it's how you interact interact and connect with whatever watch you have you know what i mean yeah, like I, that and that gmt so the thing is it, it isn't that you were telling me that or i i dreamt it um like a like a like a like a ayuska induced dream didn't you tell me <laughs> that that the first gmts were like bezel based like they weren't like an independent gmt hand or am i crazy no i mean there was both both like 12 hour bezels and like traditional GMT movements, I think have, have existed for pretty much the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12 hour bezels might've even come first. That's, that's a great question to, to look into. If, if anybody knows, um, definitely write to us. Yeah. But, um, I know that, um, I know that the earlier GM2, GMT movements weren't exactly like quick set, or I don't think, I don't think a lot of them had like the independent hour hand where you could just switch the hour hand by itself to, cycle through the date i think that's a newer thing okay um but yeah and another another thing about this one uh that's cool the uh so the minutes from you know from 12 o'clock 
or from zero zero all the way to, to 20 um on the bezel it's actually graduated so if you're even if you're timing something oh, you want to cool. track like elapsed time uh you have those you have those minute ticks on the bezel to you know time your your coffee or whatever your your pizza i don't know <laughs> so um i i've because that that's that's kind of the thing with me when i want to use like a, a bezel to track elapsed time for something and i'm and i have a watch that doesn't have like a dive bezel i get kind of bummed out but this one this one has a 12 hour bezel but you get like some graduations for uh you know for elapsed time so mm-hmm. that's pretty cool that's bad and i have it on a i have it on a 20 i have it on a 20 millimeter gray uh raf uh nylon strap oh, okay so okay i thought you were gonna say you had it on a on a shiznit no i you know the the shiznit might be kind of thick i can try that today that that's that might look that might look pretty cool the the weird thing about this watch is that you know online i find that the uh the dimensions for the lug width say 20 millimeters in most places but i found it kind of difficult to shove a 20 millimeter strap in there like there's it kind of bundles up on the sides is it is, is it 19 millimeters I think I think it might be nineteen. Hmm. Uh, I think everyone's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, everyone? You fucking wrong, guys. All right, it's nineteen millimeters. And of course, the the acrylic crystal is just to die for. Mm. And like nice, nice little bubble to it, and uh, it's you know being a plastic case on a nylon strap, it's so light. Um, you know, like I I just fell asleep with it last night, and I woke up like at two in the morning, and like. <laughs> the entire room is just lit with like the tritium. <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's so so bright. Like I can't even believe it. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it for me. How about you? Well, uh, just a quick quick question: Is that a is that a permanent watch or is that watch you're just spending a little bit of time with right now? It might be permanent. Okay. It might it might be Pretty it cool. might be permanent. Um, you know it's uh. It seems it seems just very usable for me, and uh, and I just I re- I really like that. <laughs> this is so <laughs> funny. Know. This is something we talked we kind of talked about like on the show last week, dude. The 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 dynamic has shifted. You have accepted that you're going to have lots of watches, and I've chosen to not have lots of watches. I am I am I am taking a very aggressive approach to reducing my collection in an effort to keep it minimal, which is what yeah. you were trying to do. For the longest time, I feel like I've given up. I've given up, and I've yeah, I've, give, of... I've, I've given in. I'm going for it now, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've given up. Like I, I, I may have mentioned it, but I think I'm just going to be one of those people that might have like, um, and, and I, I think I have to credit Eric Strickland with this, uh, with this kind of collecting approach because mm-hmm. we've we've had discussions in the past via via email and stuff about. You know, minimal collecting, and I think I think we had like a three watch collection discussion like way back, and he mentioned something along the lines of like core collection, and then you have accessory pieces. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just gonna happen to me. It makes no, it makes <laughs> sense. Know. It makes it makes sense. You have your your wife, and then your concubines. You know what I mean? <laughs> I suppose concubines I suppose. are gonna come and go, but you know you're always gonna come back to the couch with your wife. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Exactly. My fiance is not <laughs> home right now. Um, if she were home, 
she would have hit me very, very. She's so smart. She is so smart in choosing to be in love with um, a brown man because she could hit the fuck out of me, and no one's gonna know, dude. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I don't. I don't. My skin doesn't mar or bruise, whereas she's quite pale. So if I were to like cough on her, or if she carried groceries incorrectly, she's gonna bruise. So whenever something is wrong, I just put my hands in my pockets for just plausible deniability. I'm like, listen, I didn't touch her, officer. All right, she's out of her goddamn life. She hits me. <laughs> with her fists and she's and she's a, and she's a second degree black belt in Kempo so I just don't I just yeah she's she's much more intelligent than I am yeah yeah don't 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 mess with that my wife has headphones on now so <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> man oh man I'm happy to hear you're 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 happy with that watch so it's, it's always good to to have that experience yeah yeah I I like it and um I don't think I mentioned it before, but I got my, I got the Omega back from servicing. Very cool. Um, Very cool. And it's, it's great. But you know, right now I'm wearing this, this marathon. It's just, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the point, man. It's gotta be fun. I'm, I'm happy everything worked out with the servicing on the, uh, on the Omega. You said it was what, plus or minus two seconds now? Oh yeah. It's ridiculous. Nice. <laughs> that's so yeah. cool. My turn. Your turn, man. All right. I am wearing something incredibly special. Uh, this is a huge, huge shout out to a uh, user, listener. Um, uh, he's on Instagram. I'm going to say this right. A Hale I'm gonna Wood. Op- I'm going to open the email. Hold on. Yeah, open the email. All right. A Hale now Wood. A H A I L W O O D. So, so really, really cool profile. He's got a lot of really fun, like older Seikos on there. He's got a really, really cool, um, I think it's a bronze or a brass Armida, which is a, a watch that's always fascinated me. The coolest watch on there, though, is he has a, a super old school, really, really clean looking space view. You know, those, you, you remember those uh, 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 um, Bulova space views? Mm-hmm. Yep. I have, I've had the hugest crush on that watch, but like the same amount of fear that like everyone else would have with trying to buy a Paul Jot 3133 that's my fear with even thinking about attempting to get one of these space views like i just don't know enough i know i'm gonna get ripped off but he's got a really really clean one on his profile so he uh he reached out and he basically said you know oh you know uh i want to send you this watch you know uh this watch came up my way you know i don't have a use for it so on and so forth so it was just ext- it was i was honored and very touched this the fact that he saw this watch and he thought of me, and it wasn't like a box full of rabid bees because that's what I, that's what I was expecting. My like, God, oh, this motherfucker's gonna send me a bunch of bees. That's fine. I just don't want to be surprised. <laughs> you can do whatever you want to me. Just don't, don't surprise me. Like if you're gonna hit me in the back of the head with a club, be like, hey Kaz, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna smite the fuck out of you with this bit of wood I found. Like, oh, thank God, I'm not gonna be surprised. That's great, you know. So, um, <laughs> so he actually, so this is the really big surprise. He actually sent me. Two watches, so so so. A Halewood, um, uh, Adrian, thank you so much. Super super kind. I owe you a big time. Anytime you're here, stateside in my area, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll buy you 15 beers, and there won't be any bees in them, unless they're bee beer. I don't think bee beer is a thing. Um, uh, so he actually sent me two watches, and they're two Russian watches. Um, cool. So the first watch that he sent me, not, not the one I'm wearing right now, but the first watch he sent me is a very, very cool uh, post-USSR um, paratrooper dial brown uh, commander ski. Uh, really, really cool. Um, it's got the engraved case back. Uh, you, I can tell, you, can, you know it's post-USSR because of the actual country designation in addition to a couple other factors like the, like the bezel. What I find really, really cool about it is that you don't see brown paratrooper dials very often. It's usually like... 
um, the turquoise one, and there's like a black one, and what's really, really badass is this thing, as far as Russian watches go, this thing is actually not that old, but someone, someone showed this thing some love and wore it. They must have worn it like the digestive system of like a Kraken because this thing is thrashed, like <laughs> wonderfully, wonderfully worn. Like this was someone's like work watch or someone's one watch or they just bought it new and got hit by like a DHL van when they walked out of the store. But like someone, someone really put a lot of wear on this thing and like a lot of the polishing in the front and the back is wearing away and he was telling me he had to buff the crystal uh, uh, to get a lot of like the gouges and scratches out. So like, like it was just extremely, extremely touched and just super honored uh, uh, for you to have thought of me when you saw that watch and I'm happy to include it in my collection. Also, thank you for the strap, man. That's a super nice strap. You include it on there, but the real gem, uh, Michael, is the is the the the, the, e- the email I sent you. You opened it, right? Yes, I'm looking at the listing now. Do you have any idea what that is? I don't. I really like this. Is a re- kind of everything about it. This is a really <laughs> cool Vostok that you don't see very often because it's sort of misunderstood. And so 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 so, a Halewood, um, Adrian. I don't know if you realize what this was, but this. I am super, super honored to include this in my collection. So just to immediately say also, this is not like an expensive watch. I just want to like make clear to everyone that this guy did not send me like a super expensive watch. You can you can find them. They're kind of rare, but they're not really like up very often. So this is basically, um, this is called the Vostok Commander Ski Cadet. K-A-D-E-T or C-A-D-E-T. So this is a really actually weird controversial uh, watch. My favorite part of the watch actually are the dimensions. This is a super fucking tiny watch, and that's pertinent for a reason. It's 34 millimeters. But what I love mm. is it has a 7 millimeter crown, which is uh, pretty fucking gigantor, you know, for yeah. a crown. Um, uh, other, other really uh, special note about this watch, and this is pertinent to um, something we'll talk about later in the show, this uses the Vostok 2409, which is the same movement that's going in the Rivka MTP-1. <laughs> so the uh, uh, this specific Vostok Commanderski Cadet um, that uh, he had sent to me, this is most likely from the mid-80s. It's uh, So it's it's pre-fall of the USSR, so it's in the heyday. It's um, It's beautiful, beautiful condition. It has a bezel, it has a screw down crown. The reason it's a controversial watch is for the longest time, and people still think this, and if you're one of these people and you 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 have evidence to support this thought, which I don't think is true anymore, definitely hit me up. Let me know what's up. I want to talk about it. People thought this was a ladies' watch for a long hmm. time. Like people thought that this was like a ladies' watch that Vostok had made with like some of their like uh, dive watch leanings like the like the high dome and this unidire- uh, this bi-directional bezel um, in addition to the screw down crown and this beautiful beautiful crown guard uh, uh, it is actually not so I'm okay I, you know it's hard to say anything definitively with USSR watches there is evidence to, to suggest it's not uh, a lady's watch there's evidence to suggest that something really weird happened I guess in the 80s I don't know if it was like I don't know if it was like an Olympic season or what but um, Vostok wanted to put out a line of watches for people who wanted kind of the robustness of the amphibian or the general regular commander ski without having, you know, what was considered back then, a giant watch on your wrist. So they kind of wanted to put out this sporty watch, this sporty unisex watch. And so it was it was this watch. So the, the idea behind the commander ski cadet is that um, it originally came with the plastic strap, super durable plastic strap. 
you could put it on and it was considered the sporty watch. So it had a really big crown. So if you needed to like do something and you were like in the middle of like a strenuous activity, you didn't have to fumble with the small little crown. Uh, it has the same almost like broken feeling crown that the amphibians have to like help um, uh, with like water pressure and having the stem not stab the movement and everything like that. It's a really, really cool fucking watch. And this one's in wonderful condition. You can always tell if you're dealing with um, an original uh, Vostok Commander's Cadet if it has these hands. It has these almost like Lumiere candlestick hands. Do you see those in the in the picture I sent you, bro? Yeah, and they're, you know, it's funny because they're short hands, mm -hmm. but it's it's perfect for the dial. It's perfect. It's, it's the markers there. They're also, they're, you can't tell in the pictures, but they're very well polished. Um, it's just, it's a beautiful watch. It's not something I, I had expected to ever have in my collection. So when it was included in the package along with the uh, post-USSR Commander's Key Brown Dial Paratrooper, it was just like, like I'm like, oh shit, this is it. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen or even thought about this watch in so long. So this is, this is it's an honor to wear it, not just for the wrist check, but to consider it as um, a valued piece, you know, in my permanent collection. Like this is, a super cool fucking watch. So, so huge thank you for that, man. Uh, a Halewood, check out his check, check out his feed. Really, really cool pieces on there. And uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 it. It's just it's just a super cool watch. This is it's um, definitely uh, one of the more interesting kind of pieces you could look for uh, in the Russian watch line. You know what I'm saying? You know what's interesting? The the dial, um, kind of the the center of this dial. Did you did you spill your your doctor pad? I did spill my doctor pad. I was really hoping. <laughs> I was really, hoping. I knew it. <laughs> the can. <laughs> I'm drinking a can of Dr Pepper, which okay, Michael's never had apparently, and um, it's very un-American. <laughs> you have to drink. He's a doctor. Okay, you can trust him. You can trust Dr Pepper. You guys, PhD from Arizona University. Okay. Um, I don't know if they have a med program there or not, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I hardcore dropped my can of Dr. Pepper. Um, That's all good. But, to, but, but, but continue, I apologize. Yeah, so this dial, the center, the center of the dial, does it kind of, um, and this is funny, timing, um, it kind of reminds me of like an eclipse. That's like hilarious. The, uh, yes, I could see that. The, the, the way it, kind of looks there's a lot going on on the outside perimeter of the circle but this like very just darker circle it actually kind of looks like an eclipse that's funny dude i never thought of that and then the and then the case the case back engraving mm -hmm. at least the one that i see in the listing that you sent me it's the same it looks case like back. a sunrise yeah it's like a sunrise kind of thing you see yeah. the water and the sun coming up there's a bird with like a, there's also a, a bird. bird yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh this is like um i don't i don't understand the significance of this case back engraving but this is a style that they've sort of riffed on and off with ever since the 80s um even now into the 2000s certain um like limited editions and i think some regular rotation pieces in the modern vostok product line that you can find on marinom.com they have this i don't know what the significance is of of the sunrise over the ocean with the bird. Um, uh -huh. But if someone does, <laughs> someone knows, you let me know. But yeah, no, it's the, it's, it, that, that's super, that's, that's um, extremely pertinent in regards to current events here in the States. Yeah, it looks like an eclipse. That's super cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, the next, the next kind of thing we were going to talk about, um, I went on a watch adventure. Uh, I'm so, here. so jealous. <laughs> I went on a watch adventure here in in downtown uh, Seattle with uh, with a listener, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, 
Instagram user Darren underscore 1111. You know, he was in town, you know, doing some stuff. And uh, he reached out to us about checking out uh, a Nomos retailer in uh, in downtown Seattle, which uh, I found out is actually the only Nomos retailer in the entire state of Washington. Shit, really? <laughs> yeah, the only one. Doesn't um, doesn't d- d- doesn't Torno carry Nomos? I don't th- I don't know if we have a Torno here. God, my fucking Washington State man. Fucking... I you know I can I can map this right now. But y'all I... y'all don't drink Dr Pepper over there. Y'all are too good for large brand names. I don't I don't even understand the fucking place, man. Well, actually, no. Yeah, even so, so Torno does carry it, but um, specific stores will not. We had that issue here. Remember in Miami. Right, that's true. So yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that's crazy. Only only yeah. Nomos carrier in the state, your state. Yeah, yeah, and this place is called Fox's Seattle. Okay. Um and and they, you know, they they're like a little boutique. They have they have a ton of jewelry and stuff and other kind of luxury items, but they have a just kind of case full of Nomos watches. And um yeah, we we brought out a full sex pile. Of, of of nomos watches and i um you know i was i was very impressed with the uh the the two women there that were you know just showing us the watches very mm-hmm. knowledgeable about the movements and, awesome. and the product line and it was it was great you know they took a ton of a ton of time out of their day to, to just speak with us um and i got to see the the brand new uh, and this is the one that i fell in love with the club neomatic Holy shit. Really? Yeah, no, that 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 that's a that's a very cool uh, uh little watch. Also a small a smaller watch. I think it's what 35, 36. This the the one that I kind of fell in love with, and I'll I'll put a a, a link to the the Nomos page in the show notes, um, is 37, okay. 37 oh. millimeters. Mm-hmm. And uh it's not a manual wine club, so it's it's actually a little more expensive. I'm nowhere near affording this at all. <laughs> <laughs> right now, um, it retails for a little over three thousand. Fuck my mouth, um, Jesus! Yeah, yeah, but you know, there there are cheaper clubs. Like there, there are manual wine clubs. There were some there that were like fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred. Um, you know, which if you decide to buy used, is you you might find it for under a thousand. You know, I've seen that happen before. Okay. Um, but this this one has the automatic DUW. Um, three thousand one in-house movement. Wow. Um, and you know, in in the context of what it is, you know, a, a German watch with an in-house movement. There's a ton of finishing on the movement. Yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> sporty and dressy at the same time. It comes on like a a cool like nylon, almost like two-piece NATO strap. Um, for under five thousand. You know, if if you're gonna splurge, I guess, and you want something different than like a date just or something, mm-hmm. you know, this this is one cool watch. And there there are like really nice orange accents on the dial and the uh the Arabics are are like this electric blue. It's it's really, really wow. cool. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So I have two questions, two follow up questions. Excuse me. I'm, I'm, okay, so now now I understand, Michael. Why you don't don't drink Dr Pepper? I'm just I'm just burping up a fucking storm. <laughs> <clears throat> um, two two follow up questions. How many uh, Nomos Metros did you purchase? Um, and in addition to that, did you see those campus dials? Yeah. So I purchased zero Nomos Metros. <sighs> I actually up, pur- purchased 
I don't. None of us bought watches unless he unless he snuck in afterwards and picked something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but uh, I, yeah, I'm I'm on a watch buying freeze right now, my friends. Mm. That that account that account is frozen. <laughs> um, uh, and campus styles. Well, the campus styles. Yes, I saw one. I saw one. Those thirty six millimeters mm-hmm. and the uh, the campus style the. The numerals were kind of like this salmon pink. Okay. Looked really, really, really nice. And I'm not as upset about the campus styles as I was when they came out. Okay. I I I feel like I feel like that's normal for some reason. Um, whenever you hear about something, and then actually see it in person, um, I my my okay. So this might be a tangent. A buddy of mine had that same exact experience, um, with the uh uh Saint Anger Metallica album. <laughs> Okay. So the, the album came out and he listened to it. He was like, oh, this fucking bullshit, man. It suck now, really. You know, you know however, however he talks. I don't know how he talks. And then uh, he actually went to a Metallica show where they, you know, this is this is when the album just came out, where they played a lot of those songs. And the day afterwards, like, dude, Shane Anger is awesome now, man. I heard him play the songs live. And it's so much better than the CD. I feel like it's a similar thing because when I first saw those Nomos Campus styles, I was... I was a little upset because I was kind of hoping for like a Basel Blech. release. What's up? <laughs> it just it made me want to barf the first time. Yeah, I no, I was. The thing is, I I feel like it was um, a really awesome uh, uh, German brand, which is immediately just super interesting within the watch world, leaning towards more of a mass market. Which you know they're totally in the right to do. It's a business move if they want to focus on like visuals and like color combinations and kind of attracting folks who just want like a blue watch. That's totally fine, but the problem is I had the expectancy of like an in-house chronograph or just something, just something um, orologically very interesting and something that actually contributed something, you know, uh, good to the actual orology niche in the form of some kind of fun complication or just something cool like that, not just a, uh, uh, you know, a half-mast California dial, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. so to know that you saw them in person and they were actually pretty cool. That's good. That, that that's good to know. I'm sure eventually I'll be able to fucking see one of those fucking things in person eventually. Yeah, they're they're just they're very interesting watches, and we got to play with the World Timer as well, mm. which is just it, it's an insane watch. The, Beautiful, the way, and it, it's really hard to explain, um, and kind of hard to get unless you you play with the movement in person. But just the way that it displays like the time zones is just yeah, it's really really cool. Nomos Nomos is interesting. Uh, in a way, because they're they're a watch brand, but they're also kind of like a design uh, firm. You know, sure. it's, yeah. they're 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 just they're just very very uh, meticulous about the way that they design stuff. And um, my I think my favorite actually is is a Metro that they don't make anymore. It was the first Metro with that weird power reserve indicator, just like mm-hmm. in a random spot on the dial. <laughs> you either you either love it or hate it, but they're they're super hard to find now. Yeah, um, yeah. The the that that watch with the 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 power reserve and that kind of like offset position. In addition to their world time, they both do something really really well, which is kind of indicative and really special within Nomos, in that they're almost symmetrical in their asymmetricalness which is strange because when you see other nomos pieces they're usually pretty balanced but every now and then you'll get something like that world time where it's just like it it, it looks a little bonkers but it's still recognizable as a nomos you know yeah i really i really hope that they come out with their chronograph at some point i was hoping i was hoping they would do it this year yeah me too but they didn't uh maybe maybe next year nomos maybe Um, next year but yeah 
for sure the club neomatic 37 millimeter with the white dial uh i'm head over heels that maybe maybe one day a long time from now did you see <laughs> any tetras uh, another personal favorite any, uh, oh yeah yeah we ones? saw those are yeah cool? yeah we saw those too yeah they're 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 pretty cool not not for me mm-hmm. um maybe maybe the square case uh in in that context is is a little dressy right. for me oh yeah no obviously yeah um but you know the clubs they just have this uh they have a dressy look as well but the case is the case is pretty beefy um mm. i can't i can't kind of find a better way to describe it but it's a it's a very nice balance between dressy and sporty that's so cool. I'm 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 happy we we're able to check that out. I mean, I know maybe when we're when we're up in New York for windup, we can find time to go and check out Nomos in the Torno there because I know they have Nomos there as well. Yes, yes, they do. Yeah. And 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 the the staff there, at least from from my experience, my visit, uh, they were very helpful. Oh no, I'm gonna show up looking like a homeless guy. I'm gonna do like a social <laughs> experiment. Like I'm just gonna buy 15 cheeseburgers from Five Guys and just rub them all over my clothes. <laughs> and I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to ask to see every single watch that they got. Where the Daytona's at? Where the Daytona's <laughs> at? I am the I am the crown prince's shoe shiner's neighbor's best friend's cousin of the king of Brunei and I demand to see all your Daytonas. Get your hands off. <laughs> you know. Uh So is it a good time to uh, transition to the main topic? We can transition to the main topic. Uh, uh, do I have a few minutes to talk about Rivka? Oh, that's right. You were going to do that. Or did yes, you want to, I'm, I'm looking at the time right now. Should we, should we, should we table that and jump to the main topic? I want to hear about Rivka. Okay. So, uh, uh, so really quick, before we get into the main topic brands, we know nothing about, uh, in which we'll grace you with our complete lack of knowledge in regards to the brand Universal Geneve. Um, I talked, I think an episode or two ago, just about trying to figure out like the correct e-commerce platform to like help bring the pre-order and make that available to people. And like everyone, like, Everyone who responded and emailed me and DM'd me um, on my Rivka uh, uh, Instagram account or, you know, emailed us directly. Super, super useful information. I mean, there was a consensus, I would say 80% negative on Kickstarter, 20%, you know, okay with Kickstarter. No one was like, yeah, yeah, I love Kickstarter, you know what I'm saying? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so the thing is, it's just, it got me to thinking, The I've been like, banging my head against the wall trying to figure out like the best way to just transition and and bridge that e-commerce gap and actually get these things on the next step to making them real and it was just it occurred to me that i was doing something very stupid i had started rivka rivka watches you know the 3d printed watch it was something that's extremely unconventional i mean in regards to production logistics it's a little bonkers it's definitely something that no one who had self-respect would ever try and do. This is not something that's normal. So why would I try and fit this idea, this super unique idea, inspired by you guys, inspired by, by, by the watch family and just the, the love that I have for my, for my fiance and how much he puts up with all my bullshit? Like, why would I try and take that extremely personal idea and try and shove it into an e-commerce platform or a crowd surfing platform that was completely impersonal it was mass marketed and anyone and their mothers can go and on there and everything like that so it occurred to me that's where it was getting super super weird like that's why it was being so difficult for me to kind of 
<clears throat> I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, Michael, does that make sense? Just find something that actually worked with the idea. No, you know it, it makes it makes perfect sense. I mean, you you got to be careful with with where you're you're putting this out there. This isn't this isn't um, you know, parts out of catalogs that you just kind of slap together and and now you're starting your your business plan. This is something you've been carefully hands on with since the, since the beginning. So it it makes sense that you're you're being very selective about what to do you know, at this, at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's, and so I thought about it for a while and I didn't want it to kind of be associated with that. And so I kind of had to figure out the best course of action and the best course of action I could only think of is, okay, what can I do in regards to an e-commerce platform that only I could do? In order for me to really tackle that, I had to figure out what I didn't like about traditional e-commerce platforms. And that in my opinion, is that traditionally these days, <clears throat> it creates a barrier between between brands, so I guess me technically, which is still weird to say, and people buying. So traditionally, you would go and you would click some buttons and you'd click on a design. And you're like, yes, they have a they have a blue dial watch. I will buy the blue dial. Hit buy now, and then that's it. You know, the person the person has the whoever it is in China make the watch for five cents, and then they charge you four hundred dollars for it, and then that's it. The interaction. Uh, uh, is done. You know what I mean? And so that, right. that barrier that's created between uh, 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 you know creator and buyer is what was really bothering me. But then it occurred to me something that was super interesting. The whole process that I've been going through with Rivka, it has been so personally fulfilling. There has been a sense of just kind of fulfillment that I've gotten, which is translated to my collection that I don't know how I could ever try and replicate again other than to continue making watches. And then it occurred to me, there's no other brand out there that has ever given me that sense of actual accomplishment with the collection by having a hand in creating the watch. And so I wanted to try and figure out some way to have Rivka, to have the MTP1 really just be an experiment to translate that sense of accomplishment to you guys, hmm. to the watch family. Yeah. You know, the only watch I could think of where when you see it or when you look at it or when you put it on, you feel a sense of like, this is something that I did. You've bridged the gap from from collector to creator. That's the point. And so what I really, really want to do is I want to be super, super selective about this. Like, I don't want to just put it out there for anyone to click by or whatever. Like, this is basically now you guys listen to me wherever you are, whether you're on the toilet, which I hope you're not because it's very, very uncomfortable for me. Uh, you're commuting, you're wherever. This is between me and you. I want every single person that wants a Rivka MTP one to collaborate with me on their watch. I want you to feel that sense of accomplishment. And the thing is, the sense of just like, not just accomplishment, but just support that I have got, not just from you guys, but just from my like my my fiance. Like it was, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a month or so back. I don't think I told this story, but um. I was working and my fiance came home. She comes home late from work and she saw me and I was just sitting there. She's like, oh, is everything okay? And like, I look up at her and like, I just start like, just full disclosure, I'm not embarrassed to say this. I am embarrassed, which is why I'm, I'm hedging. But like, I, I was, I just, started, <laughs> I just started crying. Like, I just started just straight up crying. I'm like, babe, I'm done. I got, I got nothing left. I am, I have no energy. I have no, there's no fuel in the tank. I've let you down. I feel like I haven't reached a point where I, I feel like I'm doing anything good. I was there before, but I've hit a stalemate. This is around the time I was trying to figure out the e-commerce platform as well. 
and like I let you down. I'm out of gas. I don't know what to do. Like I'm done. Like I I I'm literally done. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. And I'm so sorry for letting you down. And she she dropped her bag, which immediately made me thought that she was gonna hit me because she hits me often. Um, she dropped her bag. <laughs> she came up to me. She's like, she's like, you you listen to me. You didn't let me down. You've worked so hard. If you've come this far, and if you've worked this hard, and if you've put this much heart and passion into something, and if you have this much support, not just for me, but for the entire you know watch family, all your listeners, with all that behind you, if you then choose to quit, then you'll let me down. And I was like, oh fuck. I was huh. I was so upset, Michael, because usually when we talk like that, logic is my weapon. You know what I mean? Usually, <laughs> logic's not usually her weapon. You know. And so yeah. I had just felt this incredible sense of support because it's not, it wasn't so much that she had this like blind faith and like optimism, oh, everything's always peachy and good, blah, blah, blah. It occurred to me because I was thinking about it later that night, it was faith in me, which is something I've never experienced before. So like with that behind me, it occurred to me that uh, while I've been working on Rivka, you know, with all this stuff aside, really going down to it, I do feel a sense of accomplishment. Like I've, I've created something, I'm creating something, I'm still refining it. And so at this point in time, while I'm still refining it, it feels right to basically work with people. So if you want a Rivka MTP one, this is basically how it works. You just fucking just talk to me. <laughs> I want to talk to each and every single person. I want to talk or just, just have conversations, whether you want to jump on the fucking phone, whether you want to Skype, whether you want to text, email, it doesn't matter. I want to just have a conversation. I want us to talk and actually collaborate and make the watch that you want so you feel that sense of accomplishment. So I can find some way to somehow translate that love and support that I've gotten from my fiance and from you guys. Just, 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 I want to share that those vibes and the only way i could think to do it is to not make the rivik mtp one that i want it's to make the one that each and every single one of you want so that's in that's in regards to like you know what you want to do with the dial we can talk about hands we can talk about colors we can talk about some things with the case some stuff i'm pretty firm on with the case um but there's just i actually want to give everyone the opportunity to you know look at their watch box and feel accomplished not just buy a watch open the box and get like a week honeymoon phase endorphin rush you know what i mean like does any of what i'm saying make sense michael because i am really hopped about dr pepper right now uh, no it makes it makes perfect sense actually that that it makes sense to be you know hands-on with it and and you know it, it lets it lets everyone kind of kind of get what they want out of a watch and you know it's that it's what better get, watch to try to try that with you know it's get what they want but it's also the actual experience like you're collaborating with someone to make a watch that you will feel accomplished to actually wear on your wrist. And the thing is, I, I don't want it to be like, if you wanted an MTP one before, and I'm saying this now, I don't want it to be like, oh, well, I don't know, you know, I don't know the first place to start. That's the point of collaborating, dude. Like, that's the point of actually, like, like I have the ability, unlike basically every other single micro brand, to do one watch at a time. So if I can do one watch at a time, not mass produced, not assembly line, why the fuck not do one watch for one person? You know? So Yeah. 
So that's that. That's the idea. That's what feels super, super right. Um, if you're still on board, you can totally just, just, just. You can email tbws.contact@gmail.com. You can DM us, or I actually do have a Rifka email. I don't know why I've never said it on air, but you can actually just, just email us. It's rifkawatches.contact@gmail.com. Uh, so R-I-V-K-A-H watches.contact@gmail.com. Um, and just let's just start a conversation. You know, like, hey man, I think it's a cool idea. I don't really know where to start, but and then from there we could just talk about you know the watches you have, what you're maybe looking for, things you like, things you don't like. Just talking about collections, anything. Because we've just, I mean, Michael, you and I have just had incredible just regular conversations with with the watch family. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. just, I just, I wanted to open it up for for that. Like I'm tired of trying to like jam my head into this zone of making it work for a Kickstarter and making it work for, you know, crowdsourcing or another e-commerce platform. Like, dude, just, just, let's just fucking have a conversation about what awesome watch we can make for you. So that's, that's it. That's, I don't want to take up any more time talking about this, but that's, that's the conclusion that I've reached. Is there anything you think I'm forgetting? No, I'm even, I'm even more excited about it now. That that's kind of, I think that's going to end up being a really, really good experience for a lot of people. That's the idea, man. It's supposed to be fun. Like the actual, you're actually you, you, the way you you interact with the expression of your urology collection shouldn't be, you know, opening the watch and putting the watch on, blah blah, so on and so forth. It should actually be the experience of just like making the watch. Like I said before, bridging that gap from collector to creator, like doing that myself personally has been fucking incredibly fulfilling. So nice. That's 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 my spiel. <laughs> I can't wait to see the first ones as they start to roll out. I think uh, people people are gonna have fun with the design because it's um, a, it's just a fun design to mess with. You that's know? yeah, that's the idea. You know, I, I, so I'm 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 super excited to work with some good people, do some good work, and 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 make people happy. That's that's the idea. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here, folks. Has <laughs> has wants a three D print. Whatever the whatever the fuck you want, you, if you want to play, if you want to watch chance to be dicks, I'll do it. If that's what'll make you guys happy, I'll do it. It's gonna happen now. You you're 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 digging your own grave now. I don't I, I don't I, dude. If that that the, the, the thing is the brand's not about me. It's about it's about everyone else. Like this this this. I have to share the emotions. And if what really gets your emotional rocks off is looking at the time and seeing if it's four dicks past five, that's cool, man. We can make that work. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so this would be the minute markers then okay awesome. <laughs> it could be minute markers it could be the hand it could be whatever whatever you guys want <laughs> well all right yeah that's that's cool I, I i didn't know you had a you had a contact email so that's that makes it even easier to to get in touch, in yeah. touch with you about that awesome well then is it time for for main topic to talk about something we really know nothing about. <laughs> I am so excited to hear people, to have people hear me blunder through this brand, which I'm still not even sure how to say. I think it's Universal well, Studios Orlando Ganashri. That's how you say it, right? Sure. I think that for sounds me, that sounds right. For me, it's hard because I think I think with Universal, it's hard to find a, like a definitive resource or authority on the brand. I personally don't know of any like prolific universal collectors. Um, Interesting. Yeah, you're right actually. You know, I know I know some of the Hodinki guys are kind of crazy about the brand, but even even so like you don't <clears> see <throat> them pop up on the site too much. 
Um, you know, I can't think of any independent dealers that are kind of specialized in universal. Uh, when you, when you go to try to search for one on, on eBay, you know, you can find crazy expensive ones. You can find, uh, the, actually it's funny, the cheapest ones. And I think some of the more visually attractive ones are the three handers. Um, really? Cause usually with these universal Geneves, I feel like it's always about the chronographs. Yeah, the chronographs are definitely where like where the investment potential really is, and I think they're still they're still tremendously like undervalued uh, mm-hmm. in in the relative world of vintage watch collecting. But if it's so funny, if you go on eBay and you type in like Universal Geneve Military, um, you'll see listings for Universal Geneve Military, and I don't think anybody like is a hundred percent certain on like even the reference numbers. Um, so that's super and, and a lot of these some of these watches are like 500 600 bucks and they look cool you know 34 35 millimeters um you know kind of a field watch look military look but you just i just don't know what they are i think I, it's it's hard for me to find like an authority or like a good source on on vintage universal collecting i think it's a symptom the kind of uh 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 you know uh, vagueness in regards to good source information on this watch is because it's something that we've seen before actually it's 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 it was um it was a victim of the quartz crisis correct the original swiss brand i i would say so like yeah i th- I, th- I think i think they may have even tried tried doing quartz themselves really okay i didn't know well like like my understanding is that just kind of what i was because we try and do a little bit of research before the show, is that it it was hit hard by the quartz crisis, but unlike other Swiss brands, it wasn't acquired by a Swiss company, unless I'm mistaken. Like, I had seen that it was acquired by an Asian company, and I feel like every time that happens, there's this weird, um, uh, like, internet wall between the watch and the community from that point on. Hmm. I feel like it's happened with Smiths, because I feel like Smiths, even though I, I think they're... Uh, uh, the the Smith's British Watch Company, uh, former British Watch Company. I think they're located in England, but I heard somewhere. I think on like 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 the Wiss forums that or the Wiss forums. What the fuck is called? I, I I don't I don't know internet speak. <laughs> right? Um, that they're owned by an Asian company. Same with um Waltham. Same with Waltham watches. Old pocket. Yeah, watches. Smith's Smith's uh, Time Factors. I think is the name of the company that that owns owns the brand name now. Isn't that the movie with John Claude Van Damme? No, that's Time, Time Cop. Fact? That's Time Cop. I'm sorry. Super, <laughs> super wrong. Yeah, no. Time Cop was with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, Time Factors is with Steve Seagal. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't sound right at all. I believe you. <laughs> but yeah, I... I um... But that's a good point. There's no... Well, the thing is, it's funny because, I mean, like you guys, anyone at home that knows, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like people will buy a vintage Universal Geneve chronograph when they want a vintage chronograph, but they don't want to spend like a few thousand bucks on something. You know what I mean? They'll go on, I feel like I see them all the time on like 1025 and watch these or those watch guys or whatever the fuck those places are called, you know? For 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 less than a, a few thousand? Uh, For probably under 2,000. <laughs> okay, I feel like I've seen some of those. Um, I, I think... I think the condition might be questionable. I hmm. I feel like every single universal listing that I see, I just um, I'm just not sure about the dial. I'm not sure about the, yeah. The, well, there's no way of knowing the refinish. 
Um, you know, I, I chatted with, uh, with a watchmaker here just down the street, um, who knows a little bit about universal and it's funny, we were talking about basically his skills in servicing movements and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, and the, the subject of universal came up and he immediately kind of just like shifted into fear. He's like, what? he's like, those things, are, he's like, those things are so hard to work on. And, and like Interesting. it's really it's really tough to find parts and there are very few watchmakers that actually know what to do with like these like three register four register like universal uh compacts like movements they didn't use um, um they didn't use value movements you know i really i'm really not sure um i'm not sure what they've used hmm. uh you know those uh that those those watchguys.com, you know, the, those dealers that we kind of look at some, I know they've listed some in the past mm -hmm. and they're, they're really good about telling you which movements are inside. Um, I know the, uh, you know, you're right. They have a, a split second, uh, chronograph, which is kind of the king of universal, um, Genève, like collecting. It's the, mm -hmm. uh, a, a Corelli, uh, split second chronograph. Okay. And um, it's funny. Last week, I actually just wrote an article about this for for Hot Time. This this watch. There's one available on Christie's now. It's um, it's crazy. It's crazy because it was uh, released in the 50s, but it was 44 millimeters in diameter. Oh shit! That's crazy. And uh, it's a value 55, and uh, it was made for the um, Hulk. I think the Italian Air Force, oh, Italian okay. Air Force Navigators, uh, and it's the same movement that's inside the uh, Rolex reference 4113, which sells for like over a million every time it comes up. Weird. <laughs> so, so is it one of those instances where Rolex provided the movement to Universal Geneve or did they buy from the same person? Because yeah, I know I think they bought from the same they bought from the okay. same supplier you know they it, it was it was a case where where rolex was using a value movement and and so was universal um but it's kind of funny to see you know the estimate for these uh split second chronographs from universal are like usually between 40 and fifty thousand dollars. but you know be, because rolex is on the dial um you know sells for a million plus but these these universal split seconds um i think there's still like less than 50 of them in the world something like that wow um but it's a very cool watch but um yeah it i just brought it up because it answers your question yes they they did use value movements you know it's um, funny you talking about the relationship with rolex and what i was seeing kind of in my online sleuthing is that i feel like they were imported they were imported um, uh, along other swiss high-end quote-unquote high-end watches but as like the affordable version like i saw something that they were like they were they were exported out of the country along with like patex to the same market but for people who couldn't huh. afford patex you know what i'm saying i have no idea what i'm it, saying patex like is that kind of is that kind of like uh maybe that's where the name comes from just like universal genève like uh it almost sounds like a like what an is, off the shelf what does genève mean easily... well like that's just part of the name oh okay okay yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know if Genev meant something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that kind of makes me think that it was uh, like an off-the-shelf kind of easily accessible thing mm -hmm. uh, when when being imported alongside those those other brands, perhaps. Possible, you know, it's it's possible, and that that it's it's interesting because the life cycle 
you know, back then it might have been like what you would settle for. But now these days, like you're saying, there's some people who are super into them. Like everything that I've seen, people are super, super into those um, universal genetic chronographs because they, they, people just love the look of a, of a vintage chronograph, especially if it's like a, like a patinaed kind of like, a, you know, parchment paper color dial. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, did you see this thing where th they claim to make the, uh, or claim to have made the first chronograph? I, I saw that no, the first like wristwatch chronograph, like the first like 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 wrist chronograph. Um, I don't know how that works. I don't know how yeah, you not, qualify that. Claim. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. I'm yeah. not sure. I mean, I. And, I'm sorry. And the company is still around today. Like it's like some weird. If you go to Universal.ch, it's just like some weird site. Yeah, with like I, almost I, nothing on it. Recently, uh, what I've seen was the last time they up updated their actual product catalog was like eight years ago. Last I heard, it was it was like Asia owned, so most likely someone probably just gobbled up the name as like a, a additional revenue stream to whatever they were doing, and they just now they're just kind of sitting on it. You know, I don't really know of anyone who actually buys new Universal Genevs. I feel like it's all about like the vintage ones. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And 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 considering the fact that the vintage ones, a lot of the vintage ones are still pretty affordable. Uh yeah, I'm on the site now. It says Basel World 2009. Yeah, you're going to want to <laughs> update that, guys. Come on, uh come on, Universal Geneva. You're going to want to update 2009. <laughs> I would be so happy if you went there. It was like Basel 1999, uh, 1999. Y2K. It's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> so website's yeah. older than a lot of people that I know. <laughs> Yeah, and even when you click on collection, it takes forever to load. There are one, two, three. Jeez, there are there are a ton of watches here. Mm -hmm. And they look nothing like the uh, nothing like the vintage pieces. Are and it's quartz? all renders. I I really don't think so. so it's think, hard for me to tell. Okay, I can't use my laptop that I'm recording on right now to look because as we've discovered, if I do anything on my laptop laptop while recording, uh, it just shuts down. <laughs> yeah don't do that <laughs> it just it just nopes the fuck out of the building i think i think currently with universal the most the most interesting watch that you can kind of try to shoot for today is the uh is the pole router did you did you kind of read up on that one no what is that enlighten me so it's a it's a three-hand watch um i think it was 1954 when it came out, I could be wrong. Okay, but it was it was actually a Gerald Genta design. Um, Who's that? So, so same dude that did like the Royal Oak. Ah, example. very good. Yes, yes. Um, and you can find really good examples uh, for, you know, just a little over a grand if you're kind of thinking about splurging a little bit more on a on a vintage watch. Hmm. And I think I think they were given to airline pilots uh, for Scandinavian airlines. I think I read that somewhere. They're chronographs, you said? No, they're three-hand movements. Weird. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so you see those um, you see those pop up on eBay all the time. You see them pop up on like Analog Shift and 1025 Vintage, and they look um, they look really good. And you get a micro-rotor movement. Um, yeah, so That's here it is. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 1954 uh caliber 138 ss bumper movement um and what's uh, it called again pole router 
Yeah, pole router. P O L E. Sounds like a fucking router. cross country highway in Poland or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and they they have some different versions. They have like versions with the date. They have versions without the date. Some of them have these crosshair dials, um, and it, it varies. Um, you know the condition which you find them in. Uh, there are some really crummy ones out there that you can find for like under a grand, and I think. I think even the nicest ones, like the like a pristine example, you might be paying like two thousand. Hmm. Um, you know, which which is a lot. Uh, they even made some like dive watch versions. So they're they're a really? ton of Weird. yeah. This this is another problem with Universal and and they're not being like a definitive authority. There's so many different types. There's yeah. like there's like the pole router date, the compact, the three the pole router sub like divers watch um you know so it's just it's kind of difficult for me to see one mm-hmm. online and be like oh, okay yeah buy it now you know cuz <laughs> i don't know if anyone gets super excited about it like i don't like to your point i don't think there are any universal geneve 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 collectors um but it's just it's one of those things where again i feel like people who would get something like that they would buy it because they wanted a vintage chronograph like it's the same thing like when i first started um getting a little more serious about watches i for some reason was incredibly obsessed with the idea of a vintage chronograph and chronograph and so i would go to like 1025 and like these watch guys and i would see those like five six hundred dollar um you know walkman chronographs they have there there's majeure chronographs and those things are like super super cool i didn't know anything about the brand but i loved the idea of a vintage chronograph I feel like that's sort of what's happened to these watches, you know? And if someone out there, like, says, Kaz, you're you're actually full of hot dog shit, like, tell me. Like, that's just, it's just, the, the point of the show is to spark discussion to kind of just educate everyone because I don't know anything about this brand. I'll see a random picture on our feed every now and then. That's it, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm almost as scared of buying one of these as I am, like, like a... Like a Seconda chronograph, you know, because, <laughs> you know, when you go into like the hot universal watches, like the real investment potential ones, if you want to call it that, it is the chronographs, like the three register the, yeah. the uh, with like the moon phase and stuff like that. Some of them have an annual calendar, um, really complicated watches, some some in-house movements, I think. Um you know who's when was the last time that that thing was serviced and who's going to service yeah. it now if it wasn't a lot of times the dials are super super crummy um you know i find a lot of them like in argentina i don't know why what um yeah it's it's sometimes difficult to find like really nice ones in the states uh oh. a lot of them in italy and stuff like that you know a lot of them are small too like 34 millimeters so people might might not be happy about that right um, but they are really cool looking, but it, it's it's terrifying to see such a complex, um, you know, watch online uh, and just hit like buy it now without even knowing. Well, especially because these ones in like the whole like kind of weird world of sort of lesser known vintage chronographs, to your point, they're usually more expensive. So do you feel like the price is justified for them to be more expensive? Like why... Like, does that make sense? If they both, if both, like, 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 one of those, like, super uh, entry level Lejour uses a value 
Although I think that's a value of seven seven three three or three three seven seven. I don't know. My, my dyslexia is kicking in. If both that watch and this Universal Geneve use a value, what's to justify the value or the 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 the, the Geneve being? I mean, I feel it usually almost twice or three times the price. You know that this is what happens when there's not like an authority on this watch. You can get people charging too much for that watch because you know I don't know. Well, it's it's the name too. In this case, it is the name. There's there's mm. been more more awareness recently about the brand, which is which is why I thought it would be interesting to to talk about them today, um, as kind of like the next hot collectible, um, okay, vin- vintage brand, especially especially in the world of of chronographs. But I feel like I've been hearing that for like two three years already. And I, ha- I have seen the prices climb. The prices have have climbed up. I mean, I'm staring at one now on eBay that's like fifty eight hundred. <clears throat> but right. But you said it's usually those Hodinky guys, which are super into them. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I know, I know one of them has uh, one of those like Air Force ones, but that's that's like totally different ballpark. You know that that yeah, is that prob- and, that probably and, like a. I don't trust any fifty thousand dollar watch. Oh my god! Fuck <laughs> that shit, dude. Fifty fifty thousand dollars on a watch? Yeah, yeah. No. I I did some reading. Apparently, Eric Clapton uh, had one way back in the uh, in the cream days. Oh, um, well, I mean, like, he really wasn't in his right mind. I would buy almost anything if I was doing <laughs> that many drugs. I would have I would have bought as many Timex Batman watches that I could possibly <laughs> carry on my Mastercard. You know what I mean? I was doing that amount of drugs. He he has apparently been a watch guy for for a really long time. He had a universal, um, you know, during that time period, and it's it's apparently pretty pretty rare. And when it does pop up, it's like it's called the Eric Clapton, Um, (laughs) and I think I think it's like a panda dial like chronograph. Um, Really, that that I've never seen. Never, never seen no. that. Like even, like not even like like a listing, just like a picture of. So it must be pretty rare. Yeah. So I'm I'm staring at this listing now. Um. He, here's here's another problem that I mentioned earlier. Like no reference numbers. I don't know what this mm. is. 1940s Universal Genève Tri Compacts Vintage Watch. Very rare. Sold Dude, by what? Village Village Goodies on eBay. <laughs> Dude, welcome to my world. Welcome to the world of USSR watches, where listings are useless, and you got to use your eyes and your brain to figure out what's happening. <laughs> You know, I have no clue what's going on. It just says runs fine. $5,800, please. Oh my God, dude. I, uh, I, I got, so just speaking of like listening, saying runs fine. I, I'm, I think I mentioned this to you off air, but I don't think I mentioned it ever on air. I got burned. Um, so just to like, 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 like I got burned on a, on a, like a, 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 a Slava that I had bought. I had bought it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the seller had like weird feedback, but like I went and looked at it, and a lot of it just seemed like weird misunderstandings. He or she was selling um, a really, really cool um, gold cased um, Slava two four one four or two one four one. I don't know what it is, and uh, it's really, really cool because it's like this green and black sort of metallic dial. You don't really see it very often. It's not like expensive or rare, but it's just one of those like cool, quirky things, and so. I think it was there for like like 18 or 20 bucks and so i'm like yeah you know what? let's let's do it and the listing said you know runs fine and it winds and blah 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 i get it i wind it up and the hands fall off <laughs> 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 so you know and the thing is that's going to happen with russian watches you know it's it's going to happen i also didn't listen to my judgment 
and my better sense because, you know, I thought, oh, I don't see this watch very often, blah, blah, blah. But can you imagine if that happened to me, if I spent a couple thousand bucks on like a Universal Geneve and the hands fell off? The thing is, some of them, some of them look like the hands are about to fall off. That's the thing. <laughs> That's too weird, man. So, the, the, so I, I, it kind of begs the question: Do you think it ever, there ever will be a shift in the market, and those things will become a bit more popular, a bit more sought after? I feel like in order for that to happen, the brand needs some kind of modern facelift, not in terms of products, but just some sort of reintegration just something to like let people know that the brand is still here which it is still here they're just not doing anything like then that'll get people looking back at like previous models you know what i'm saying well i don't think the brand is going to do anything okay. I, I don't I, maybe I it's probably an empty building for all we know at this point it's a tax haven um, <laughs> yeah it's a tax haven exactly um yeah. you know i'm i'm not really sure because if you if you talk about searching for Russian watches, you probably know, you know, in your from your time doing it, you know, maybe a handful of sellers that when you see their name on eBay, you're like, okay, I know that this guy isn't gonna sell me something that has real issues. Bees um, in it. Yeah, you know, when it comes to vintage Rolex, you can always go to HQ Milton in San Diego or yep. Matthew Bain in Miami. Like you're just you're never gonna have any problem with those people. Um, you know, with, if you see Spencer Klein selling an old Seiko, you know, it's not going to be an issue. I just don't, I don't think there's any one person, uh, for that with universal. I see them, like I said, I see them come up on 1025 vintage or analog shift or those mm. watch guys, but I just, I, I don't know. And there, it, it's not like there's like a, like a forum, you know, there's like a Russian watch forum. There's like a Seiko forum and stuff like that. I, I, I maybe I haven't looked hard enough, but. I just I haven't found well here's the found thing. a place here at this point we have to ask the question would more education merit and good source material be worth it do you feel like there's some sort of saving grace about these watches where you're like yeah I want to learn more about the watches I want to see if they're actually that cool blah 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 do you think like objectively speaking you know the world will be better with that kind of knowledge Yes, because I, I I think some of these are absolutely gorgeous. The last okay, time, cool. the last time I saw one of these, um, I think it was the Tri Compacts with like a moon phase and an annual calendar, was at that Hodinkee event in, uh, mm -hmm. in Miami, the tequila one. Right, and it was it was just it was gorgeous, and it's it's like the definitive like vintage chronograph with that touch of old world charm, and like the. Uh, you know the the moon has has like turned this like really deep like gold color it's just it's gorgeous wow. they are actually they're actually beautiful beautiful pieces um i just feel like every time i see one it's very very questionable mm. and i i have i have no no kind of source to go to or 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 author authority on on these watches to to consult with Maybe you can so, be the authority. When people want a big zero, I, they can email me. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. <laughs> I was terrified when I got into USSR watches, but if I can do it, Michael, you can do it. <laughs> Probably if I did if I did go for for one of these watches, I think it would be one of the three handers. Yeah. One of the one of the Genta designs, because they're not crazy. Um you know, I still if I was buying vintage, I'm not crazy about buying vintage anymore anyways. Mm. Um 
you know, I'd like to stay under a grand if I was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but some of those military ones are, you know, 500, 600 bucks, but I don't know what they actually are. It just says universal <laughs> Geneva military. That's it. You know? <laughs> they could have been given the child soldiers for all we fucking know. I mean, I, I don't know if <laughs> yeah. that was a thing back then, but yeah, but you yeah, know, I, I, I definitely understand. Um, it's at this point where I guess we would kind of just reach out if anyone, if anyone has any kind of knowledge about these watches, or I, I know a lot of people who listen to the show work in like, uh, you know, watch sales or just in the watch industry in some capacity. If you have some kind of knowledge about these watches, if you have like personal experience or anything like that, or if you've seen them like come across your way and you're like, yeah, they're cool, but there's like, you know, no, like, like servicing chops for them and everything like that you know like like let us know any kind of knowledge would be super super helpful because that's that's why i love the brands you know nothing about segment because it's not us coming up here and saying oh yeah you know we know that blah blah we don't know we don't know fuck about this brand but we want to learn together with you guys <laughs> it's almost it's almost a selfish decision on my part because when we when we were first talking about the uh, watches we know nothing about segment i like this is kind of like the first brand that yeah. uh, that popped up in my mind. Like, I really, I just don't know what's up with them. And mm -hmm. I, I understand the, the beauty be behind the designs and the the growing collectability. But I just, man, if if some people can help us out, <laughs> it's like understand it. That'd be great. Here's the thing, man. You know, if people, if if, if you guys, the watch family, if listeners reach out and if you know, like, I guess enough about this brand, if anyone out there is comfortable enough, we're super open to you just doing like a general write-up on the website just about the brand do's and don'ts things to look out for michael like does that make sense or like i would, I would be super open to that yeah I, i'd i'd be open to that too and you know even <clears throat> even the second one that i saw in person uh just at this vintage watch store down the street here um you know that watchmaker showed it to me and it just it looked off but maybe i just mm. don't know what i'm what i'm looking for um, well, are, these, so, are these faked? Did you find anything about that? Are these faked? I don't think they would be intentionally faked, but I would suspect, in all honesty, that they could potentially be um, not malignantly frankened. So, if a watch server, if, if if someone who sells these watches online, he gets a box of just broken parts and broken watches, and he has eighty percent of a universal genie chronograph that he can put back together with other parts from other watches. I could totally see that happening. I mean, it's not like they're trying to pass off a fake. They're just, in their minds, because it happens with, with Russian watches. A, a Russian watch, 99% of the times, is never faked maliciously. It's just, um, you know, uh, there'll be these guys in Bulgaria, Ukraine, or in small places in Russia, they'll get a big box of just, like, junk that someone found, and there might be, like, like old army stuff in there, like old cans, and then there'll also just be some random watches and watch parts, and they'll just they'll, they'll just work with what they got. So I can totally see that happening with some of these yeah. universal genie chronographs. If someone needs to fix the watch to get it running, they'll they'll fix the watch. You know, that's funny because that's that's an attitude also that I that I notice in a lot of older watchmakers. Yeah, um, you know, like you hear these stories all the time. Like somebody brings in a like a 5513 to get serviced like locally um mm -hmm. and and they come back and the guy's like well i changed the hands for you they look great now and <laughs> you know the dial is new and it, and it looks looks awesome and and you know it's just in their mind it's better because right that, that's 
that's kind of the mentality behind uh, servicing a watch before today's crazy, you know, vintage collecting um, community started. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I think this looks like a great, great contender. This this one that I'm looking at, it looks like a great candidate for a Franken watch. Yeah. <laughs> like it has I, I see at least 57 different ways this can be Franken. <laughs> right now it happened man i i i i totally believe it happens where, where is it being sold out of is, is it an ebay link yeah it's an ebay listing i mean that's that's where i see most uh universal sold I, I mean i i guess i don't look at watch recon enough you know we can try there but uh let's see no results nothing on watch recon watch Did recon. I spell it wrong no results Absolutely nothing. That's funny. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think the brand is cool. Like I said, those chronographs are gorgeous. That uh, Italian Air Force one is insane. Um, like, you, know, you know how I know the attraction you have to that watch you saw in the Hodinky vet and just even some of these universal genies in general like is real is that i know because you don't know anything about the brand you're objectively independently attracted to it because a lot of times people will be like oh that's you know they'll it'll, it'll be brand love you know what i mean it could yeah. be the ugliest fucking watch on planet but if it says like omega on there or tudor on there someone will like it you know what I'm saying? This, yeah, this watch is the the Corelli uh, Air Force uh, split second chronograph is kind of. It should be seen as an ugly watch. Um, okay. It's it's a big big case for the time, forty four millimeters in the fifties. Um, <laughs> split 40, second chronograph. Big now. Yeah, yeah, split second chronograph, um, with these like blued Breguet hands. Cool. Um, very cool. And like a 20, 24 hour, like military looking dial. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird watch, but, uh, actually I'm not even sure. I think the, I think the hour hand travels like a regular hour hand. I, I don't think it, I don't think it does one kind of rotation in the full 24 hours, but I actually, I think it might. So that's, that's also really cool. Wow. I, I can see how I can see how this is this is an ugly watch, but I <laughs> I think it's I think it's very uh, I think it's very pretty, especially with those blued Breguet looking hands. It's just oh, it's gorgeous. I'm never going to own that thing. <laughs> I was going to say, do you think you could uh, if 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 things change and you found someone that reliably sold them or carried them, do you think you would actually feel confident enough to add one to your collection? A split second. <laughs> No, a Universal Geneva chronograph, just just any or 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 one of the three handers, one of the military three handers. I mean, that's that's a different, uh, that's kind of a different discussion because that's that's my uh, that's just my attitude with vintage collecting. Uh, I'm mm. not too, I'm not too crazy about it. If you put a vintage glycine in front of me, I, I'm I might still say no because wow. I just want I just want the carefree ownership of having a newer one. Um, but I'm not really sure, you know. If it's maybe if it's under a thousand, I I'm, I might go for it. But anything above, I just you, I might not see the value. You still want that Seconda, that black dial Seconda. That is a cool watch, but you can't have cool those watch. for for under a thousand, according to you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, easily. I mean, you okay. should, honestly, you should be able. There's no reason for you to not find a good condition 
you know, well, well-maintained uh, black dial Seconda with the right loom and everything like that for like four to 600 bucks. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe even cheaper depending, you know, um, the thing is just that those were, uh, those were like, like for some reason within Russian watches, the Seconda, uh, uh, 3133, like it's not the more sought after of the 3133 watches. So you can usually get them for pretty good prices. If I if I did go for a universal <clears throat> chronograph eventually, and I did find a good source for them, mm-hmm. I might go for one of the simpler like two register ones. Cool. I don't need like I don't need like a crazy calendar with like a moon phase or anything like that. I I have seen some some basic looking uh, two and three register chronographs that they make. Um, maybe even on like analog shift or something like that. Yeah. But then the price is going to be a little bit higher, but you kind of know that. At least I think you know that the watch should be okay. <laughs> well, usually, yeah. I so I had the opportunity to speak with the guys when I was down there in Windup uh, 1025 Analog Shift. They were, you know, obviously representing both there together, and um, I got the chance to talk to him. And I was just like, you know, oh hey, so what would happen if I walked up here and I sold you this vintage chronograph I had on my wrist for like like however much money? You know what I mean? Um, would you then just put it right here in the case and sell. He's like, what the, f-? no. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I was like, oh no, dude. We would like, we would take it back to the shop. We would kind of, you know, uh, uh, get like the watch guys to look at it. We would make sure everything was okay. We would spend time with it. We would make sure that everything needed to be correct with it before, you know, we saw, I wouldn't just put it in the case. Like, he was like, he was, I think he was kind of offended that I, that I asked. Um, <laughs> Kaz as, offending people <laughs> as he I don't I can't imagine why I would ever offend anyone like, well, that's quite <laughs> yeah no so so I would imagine if you were to buy something through 1025 um, slash analog shift that I mean you know you should be able to trust it I mean if anyone has bought something through them I almost um, ended up not but I almost bought this like um, Bulova chronograph um LG7733 that they had for a while on their website. It was two register. It was one of those 666 um, uh, below like dial chronographs, but it didn't say 666 in the dial. So like I was kind of on the fence because listen, if I buy a 666 below a diver, I want the sign of the devil on that fucking watch. All right. <laughs> I don't want to just know in my heart it's there. I want everyone to see it on my watch, you know? <laughs> so, um, well- there are two. There are two listed on Analog Shift now. There's a Universal Compax 1950 Panda Dial for six thousand four hundred. Oh. <laughs> Fuck that shit. But it, it does. It does look very nice. I will say. Dude, for six thousand bucks, I'm two. I'm, I'm buying two Grand Seiko snowflakes. <laughs> that's right. a, that's a good. That's a good idea. Do they have a white dial? They have a the white dial, but do they have a black dial equivalent to the snowflake? That'd be I don't. Fun. I don't think so. That's that's funny. Probably not. <laughs> but um, it it wouldn't it wouldn't be called the 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 uh the snowflake. It would be the Seiko you know pyroclastic cloud because if it was you know you can't you know black snow doesn't really make sense. But I would totally uh, buy Grand Seiko pyroclastic cloud. <laughs> oh boy. Well, that's I think I think we talked a lot about the brand. Um, time to I round it. We, time to what, 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 round up. Wind down. Wound down. Round, it, round it down. Round, round it down. Round, round we go. Okay. Round we go. <laughs> so yeah, we can do the recap. That's the one. Uh, so much, much smarter than I am. Yeah, so um, um, if you have anything to add uh, in addition to the conversation that we've had about this brand, we know nothing about Universal Geneve, Universal Studios, Florida, Florida, Um, 
you know, email us, DM us, do, do it in the comments. We do prefer the comments for certain things like this, just so there's someone else out there who wants to learn, they can just read the comments. So always love the comments that go down in our Instagram feed. Um, if you have something to contribute and you're not on Instagram, you can email us and we can share it on a future show, just kind of give people uh, an indication. If you are extremely versed in Universal Geneve, or if you feel competent enough to potentially put a write-up together that we can kind of attach to this show, Super open to that. We're kind of processing a few um, uh, uh, listener contributions right now, write-up contributions for the website. So, like, really, really huge thank you to everyone who, you know, likes us enough to want to share your thoughts in writing. Like, that's just, uh, that's just, um, you know, I didn't think anyone would ever like me this much. That's basically what it is. So, I like so, you guys. Thanks, man. I like you too. I like, we got this, man. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, you know, definitely, definitely reach out. Let us know what's up. Um, uh, love this segment. If you have brands that you want us to do for future segments, totally let us know because we already have a list right now, but I'm always happy to throw anything else on it that we haven't thought of. Um, blah, blah, blah. Let me see. In addition to that, uh, yeah, so uh, Rivka MTP1, um, let's do this. Let's just let's, let's get beyond this brand creator watch buyer bullshit barrier let's do something together like like if you want a rivka mtp one you just fucking just let's just have a conversation in whatever ways most convenient for you and let's get the coolest watch you can possibly get on your guys's wrist that's the idea that's what i want to do that's the best way to benefit everybody and that's the the best way i feel like i can kind of just share the 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 accomplishment and fulfillment that I've already got in working on a watch that I like. So you could email us at tbws.contact at gmail.com. You could DM us so we can get the ball rolling, or you could just email um, me directly at rivkawatches.contact at gmail.com. So that's R-I-V-K-A-H watches.contact uh, at gmail.com. Um, or you could DM, DM my uh, Rivka profile because uh, you guys already are at this point. Um, let me see what else. Uh, Michael is going to buy uh, 15 Nomos Metro and give them away. What else are we going to do? Um, <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> For my divorce. Oh, no. <laughs> He's married to the game now. That's what's going to happen, dude. Uh, let me think. Let me look at my list. Uh, huge, huge, huge thank you to um, A. Halewood, uh, Adrian for. Um, the incredibly thoughtful gifts of the, the Vostok Commander Ski Brown Dial Paratrooper um, and this uh, this Vostok Commander Ski Cadet, which is a watch like I would ne never thought I would have in the collection. Really, really something special. Um, powered by the same movement that I'm putting in the MTP one. Look at my RZA. Am I missing anything? No, I think we're good. Okay. Uh, oh, and a huge thank you to, um, what was it, Darren? Darren 111? What was it? Uh, Darren underscore 1111. Yeah. Huge thank you to you, man, for hanging out with Mike and liking the show enough to, to go and check out some Nomos. Uh, hashtag bread bicycle. Um, I think we're good. We're good. Okay. I'll start saying bye. All right. All right. All right. You start. I'll, I'll, I'll finish. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike. This is Kaz, and you've been listening to Two Broke Watch Stops. Later. Later.